So let's get this thing on. Enjoy it. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello and welcome to Batuta Studio 3B for another episode of Fire Up! I'm Dennis Carnahan here with Chris Gale. What's 50 points between friends? And Redfern Pat. And I'm fired up and I don't know how much more I can take. There's more firing up every week. The blowtorch is getting hotter and hotter. This week, even actual friend and previously guest of this show, the mild, mannered, gentle-natured Lara Pitt has said... She's fired up! People are calling up Vossi on send to say they've handed in their memberships and are switching to AFL! People are saying the game is rubbish! But does this stack up in the numbers? No! Because when people are handing in their memberships and saying they're never watching Rugby League again, that's when Rugby League is at its strongest! It means they're fired up and they always come back! A weekend leading into Origin with all the associated drama and pantomime. A weekend of some amazing scores. The Raiders take another lead into halftime and lose. And they had their own interchange melodrama along the way. But some of the scores just astonishing. A 40 nil half. Then a 48 nil half. A weekend of more blowouts and all these people saying they're going to leave. They can't leave because they're watching the train wreck. The bridge has blown under the Tigers train. Another bridge has blown under the Broncos train. And further upstream, a bridge has blown under the Raiders train. And carriage after carriage are plunging helplessly and inevitably to their dooms. All hopes of those aboard being dashed and smashed remorselessly by the rocks in the ravine below. It's utterly absorbing drama and tragedy, even if it is again embarrassing. So in a weekend with some remarkable scores, Chris Gale, which scores most piqued your interest? The Willoughby Roos underrates defeating brothers to the tune of 38 to 26 Dennis at Willoughby Park last Saturday morning. What a magnificent victory for the underrates. And what happened in the game? Well, it was a cold and wintry morning, Ooh. Dennis, and an 8.30 kickoff meant that I didn't get there till half-time. Oh, it was definitely windy. Was it wet? <laughs> it, was it was wet. Miserable? <laughs> wintry. Perfect for rugby league. Yes. Uh, but, of course, they are sponsored by the mightily Pro Wrestling Australia, so I have a personal oh, and disclosed interest in this team. And they were taking on the Mighty Brothers, and it was a back-and-forth affair. Again, high scoring. Obviously, the impact of the six, the set restarts and okay. rug infringement rules. <laughs> oh, the in, bell's going in nuts. In under eights, is, it's, it's, it's taking effect. But i got to tell you, Monty bagged his first try of the season. Monty? He, yeah, there was a big raid down the right-hand side, and yep. then he was a dummy half. He looked left, and he went right in a very skinny blind side oh. and got his first meat pie with a bit of eyes-up footy. And Maxie was the player of the match, and he received the Chargirl Charlie's voucher afterwards. Wow, go, Maxie. And I just want to give a shout-out to all the Willoughby Roos team, their coach, their manager, and, of course, the president of the Roos, Tony Bellier, who's a neighbour and mate of mine now. Is he? Huge Dragons. So he's moved in. He, <laughs> pretty much. Huge Dragons fan, and he led the Willoughby Roos, having bagged the victory, through their victory song. They weren't familiar with it? Well... They just need a little bit of encouragement, but it goes, oh, when the ruse, oh, when the ruse, oh, when the ruse go marching in, which is very, very analogous to his team, St. George Illawarra's victory song, as I understand it. Isn't that interesting? Look, I'd, I'd much rather talk about junior footy because there's just misery and embarrassment in the, in the NRL. Well, at least it's a contest at <laughs> the junior level. Well, look, can, can I just say, you mentioned you beat the brothers team. Yes. You, a few years ago, let's go back a little bit over a decade, the mighty Asquith Magpies under 11s who play in the same comp as 
was a Willoughby Roos, there was a Willoughby Roos uh, blue and gold in this. You know, there's two teams. And there was the brothers. And in, oh, in 2011, there was a, uh, it was exactly a decade ago, there was a glorious, you know, the Asquith Magpies uh, Whites, which is the team I was coaching. Coaching? Just coaching. We didn't do, you, quite, do you have your ticket? We didn't quite. Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, really? Didn't quite, uh, didn't quite make the cut for the top five, but there were sufficient teams that the North Sydney League, G-Flow, they said, well, let's have a Division Two final series. So there was the top five and there was the bottom four, and we were playing out for the Division Two. In there was the Willoughby Roos, the North Sydney Brothers, and I think it was the Hills Hawks, and we came up against the Willoughby, against the Brothers in the semi-final, and we were 22 nil up at half-time. <laughs> Hang on, now, don't you support the Canberra Raiders? <clears throat> 22 nil up at half-time. And what happened in the second half? The boys capitulated and lost 24-22. We would have had a shot, a clear passage through. Instead, North Sydney Brothers got the clear passage, and we had to beat the Willoughby Ruse. Ruse. And we did. And then we got to the grand final, which was at the eighth wonder of the world. Tunks Park? No. It was at the eighth wonder of the Mike world. Oval. It was there, and I was actually in the sheds. Our dressing room was the home dressing room, and I was in there, and it was beautiful because when we lost to the the, the twenty two nil to twenty four twenty two, I said to the boys, "The boys in tears." I said, "Boys, don't be scared to cry." This is before the game, or after this is the after the game. The game. Right. Don't be scared to cry. Don't be scared to feel the pain because it should hurt. Take it in. It's a loss. And it hurts and drink it in and wallow in that pain. And next time you're 22 nil up at half time, think to yourself, do I want to feel this pain again? Guess what happened in the grand final, Chris? Guess what the score was at half time? 22 nil. 22 nil. Do you think the boys capitulated? Yes. 36 nil. <laughs> oh, boy. And what was the half time? I, I, I went mad at the half time speech. It's 22 nil. And I just walked in and said, boys, it's 22 nil. You've been here before. You know how it feels to lose. Don't do it. Walked out. So, Dennis. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Dude, I'm so inspired. Oh, that means you won 36 nil. Yeah, we won 36 nil. Oh, goodness me. I saw that, that doesn't. And it's all on video. That doesn't I've follow. The video. That doesn't follow the Raiders script. And no, are any of those boys under your tutelage still playing the great game of rugby league or have they all left the game? Uh, actually, funnily enough, one of them, Kyo Weeks, is playing for Manly. And he's uh, he's not quite debuting. He's played New South Wales. He's a best mate with um, Gerbo. And I, I should point out, he was two years younger than my team, so he was like a ring-in. So he wasn't really coached by me. He just came in and <laughs> when he played, we won. Except for his mate, Billy Pollard. So the two of them who were both, two, they were both under nines. Billy Pollard signed for the Brumbies. Now, interestingly... The reason we were in the bottom four was because those boys only played a few games with us, played enough to qualify, so they played with us in the finals. <laughs> So it was and a gala boy, day. they could play. It's, it was a gala day up at Willoughby Park, which oh. is our home ground. Uh, the Roos will be back there on the 7th of August where I'm pitching to get some of the PWA wrestlers to be there in a cross-promotional event like we did with our female roster in the West Tigers yes. women's team recently at the Tigers temporary uh, demountables out there at Sintra Park, which is going to be the home of our Centre of Excellence in Concord. And it was a very cold, wet, wintry rugby league type morning. And as I said, I missed the first half because I just couldn't quite get out of bed. My partner, Mary Jane, decided to walk the dogs up to the park to one look at the weather and turned around. <laughs> but I said to Tony after we'd secured the victory and the charcoal, the charcoal Charlie's voucher had been handed out and we're not being sponsored by them yet. Did you say to, to what's his name? Tony. Did, Tony. Did you say to Tony, what's the opposition coach's name? And he said, oh, it's, it's, it's Ivan. <laughs> Ivan's a wanker. Are we doing that? Are we getting that? <laughs> and, and I said... 
And this is we, this is a country built on volunteer culture. There's no question. And this is a sport yeah. built on volunteer culture. Very much so. And I said, "How long are you here?" He goes, "I'll be here till five o'clock this afternoon." I said, "Braver man than I." There's still like Story Park, home of the Asquith Magpies. There are people. There's still people who turn up there. Like they've been their kids played 30 years ago. They played 50 years ago, and they still turn up, fire up the barbecue at 7 o'clock in the morning, and they're there till after dusk. And they, Here, know, Here's a scoop for you. Have you heard that the Travoyevich brothers are at the junior footy running the water, firing up the barbecue and handing uh, out the oranges? Because you hear it every time they talk about them. Yeah. But i got to tell you, it is really good to get back to the grassroots of rugby league. Particularly when your team is getting smashed <laughs> by Melbourne or, or, or beaten by the Getting towels, hammered, flogged, touched up. None of those descriptors <sighs> are appropriate. But it's emblematic, Dennis, of the quality of the National Rugby League as was dished up over <laughs> round 15 in my view. Emblematic of the quality. I'm afraid yeah, so. Uh, as in how good the how good the storm were. But look at the streaks. The storm sixty blot before the Tigers dominated the last quarter of the game. And let's and what, face it, what was the score in the last quarter? Uh, I think it was six, sixteen six. Sixteen to six. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. A, that's a solid. That's something to build on. Sure, Safa Solomon had been put in the bin, but I thought the Melbourne were poor down the stretch. Yep. Um, you mentioned some of these other uh, things after the Titans went to Lemons at 24-8. to They conceded 48 points in the second half to the Sea Eagles, absent Jake Travojevich. They were down at Travojevich only, but they had uh, Ben, so they had, they had two out of the three. I'm still yep. looking forward to seeing the three of them operate together. Mm. The other runs included over the course of the match, 46 block Broncos v. Rabbits. Congratulations, <sighs> Redfern, Pat, for nothing. The Roosters conceding 38 on Friday night, which, let's face it, made my weekend. And the Dogs, with a flow of penalties and set restarts and general ennui against them, conceding 30 on the run in the second half to the Eels. It's not making for good viewing, is it? Or according to the Horseman, that's entertainment. And when Paul Weller wrote that track for the jam, I don't think he had round 15 NRL in mind. I could be wrong. No, that wasn't what Paul was thinking about. But just getting back, I should apologise last week. I got a little bit too aroused, a little bit fired up, and I began swearing. And oh, I should apologise for it. But did I was you, did very, you not realise at the time you were swearing? I didn't realise because I was... It's I podcast, was, so it doesn't matter. I was very much over-aroused. Who chastised you? Um, no one's chastised me. Right. I'm self-chastising. What, what about the Parramatta Inground DJ at Bankwest Stadium as well, he or she got wind of it? I don't know. What I do know is that Parramatta fans got wind of it. And had listened to the podcast, and I was told, thank you. Oh, that's good. Thank you for saying it. Public service. They were utterly outraged that their chant of Sivo, Sivo is drowned out. I'm trying to stay calm. Here it goes again. It's building up. The red mist is descending as Sweet Caroline was played for the eighth time. They were still playing it on the weekend. They were playing it whenever. What? Stop it, stop it, stop it. But but they said, when the the, uh, in-ground announcer guy, the host, um, the guy with the beautiful eyes and eyebrows. What's his name? Zach Bailey. Oh, right. Beautiful. The one that Danny Wicks looked at. And brother he, of Boo Bailey, is that right? Not brother of Boo Bailey, but when he was first interviewed, when Danny Wicks was interviewed by Zach, Zach's asked him a question about coming back and Danny's gone, sorry, can you repeat the question? I got lost in your eyes. You a model? <laughs> Check this guy out. He's so good looking. Anyway, he's tried to get the crowd to go Sivo Sivo. And according to my Eels fan friends, the crowd all held up single fingers to him. Is that right? Said, we have done that chant and you drowned us out. Don't you try and make us do it. Which was just, uh, that's, now that's entertainment. And I mentioned, I imagine that Zach Paley didn't even try to, on his debut, or two try to boo for young Russell, try to get the Russell Russell chant given that Sivo <laughs> was suspended. But 
you still got Hayes Dunster on the other side. And, I mean, Hayes, Hayes has potential. By the way, if we're talking Baileys, can I just uh, yep. quickly for a moment say Vale to Mike Bailey? Terrible news. Uh, the, you know, many networks weatherman and of Tigers CEO, oft, wasn't he? No, he was off chair of, yeah. of the West Tigers. He was actually on Channel 9 News last night, still the chair of West Tigers. Lee Hadjipatel is not yet cutting through in the yep. way that he'd like, but uh, <laughs> uh, a sad loss to the media industry and to the West Tigers. Yes, indeed. And I can't make jokes about sad losses to the Tigers in that no, context. I don't, I, I, but, I don't think uh, you should. But no, I shouldn't. But we did mention the uh, Travojevic boys there. And um, this is probably more for the Origin chat, which we'll get to later. But I just it's burning a hole in my mouth not being able to say it. I was in a box at Wollongong uh, and Corey Parker walks in to say hi to Luke Lewis. This is off air. So yes. this is off the record. This we won't be on Media Watch. And Corey... They're obviously very friendly with Luke. They played for Australia together, even though they're on different sides of the of the tweed, um, both born and actually playing. And Corey and and Louis like so, mate. What'd you make of it? Corey was he was pretty fired up, and he contained his rage better than I did. But the rage was visible, and he said seriously. Tom Travojevic caught a kickoff, and ran into the middle, took the tackle. Two tackles later, he gets the ball and runs again. This is Michael Lucking state of origin. Some Michael Lucking Carmichael Hunt from the outside backs runs into the middle of a set defence. You Michael Lucking smash the Carmichael Hunt. You Michael Lucking hurt him. He Michael Lucking doesn't get up. He Michael Lucking certainly doesn't ever run into the middle again. When I saw him stand up, I knew Queensland had lost. I knew their middle was soft because he should an outside back should never stand up. Oh, right. So you're talking about Corey's review of Origin One. Yes. I thought you were talking about the uh, Ruse brothers and how he oh, felt no, no, about no. about that. Because <laughs> no. let me tell you, the Ruse were just bringing outside backs all the time on these kids. They were doing a great job. Well, they need Corey, and I, I, it it made me think two things. Well, actually, just I'll forget the second one. The first one is never, ever, under any circumstances. Run at Corey Parker, <laughs> and he was saying you don't need to go high to hurt the Carmichael Hunt. You can you can break the Carmichael Hunt's ribs without going high. Yeah, I don't know. That that sounds like he's a dinosaur. Speaking of broken ribs, very quickly, um, poor old gal went down to Eustace Uni. Mm. Uh, didn't quite make the distance, uh, being TKO'd in the tenth round. But, but how it, good was his defence? Oh, unbelievable! And as everybody said, you know, he probably should have um, Hunnik should have got a uh, ruck infringement call when Gal tackled. But him, he but, did lie in the ruck a little long. But there was some. Someone on the undercard, and this is how much that virus that you were referring to earlier has spread throughout Sydney, Dennis, and I'm not talking about coronavirus. Apparently, one of the undercard came in as his entrance music was Sweet Caroline. Oh, I mean, can no. you believe it? This is, are there any virologists looking at this? Because <laughs> it's, it's it really is. A, it's a it, public health my understanding, disaster. My understanding is this. If you look at smallpox and its reproduction value, it's about a four. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus is about double that at eight, mm. but Sweet Caroline is multiplying at about a factor of twenty-five. And and let's not forget what it did to the Bulldogs. Did you see? Yeah, did you see Elliot got taken off while it was being played? Is that or, right? He was off the field getting HIA'd while it was played at Bank West. Exactly. But that, how meta is that? I would get it. The previous week there was no reason for it against the Bulldogs. I can kind of get it, and they obviously the DJ was hoping that the the Bulldogs players Pavlovian dropped the dax and would be cupping each other's testicles. That was what they were hoping for, because that's not very good on the rugby league field if that's what's happening. But they didn't need to. They just, they just did it metaphorically. 
Just reminds me of a recent men's health check I had, but anyway, it's all clear. <laughs> Did you cough? <laughs> <laughs> look to the side. <laughs> Why do you look to the side? Why can't you look straight ahead? What's the physiology there? I'd love to know that. I don't know, but yeah, the, the Raiders game. Let's at least at least the Raiders game. The capitulation wasn't what they've normally been doing this year, which is being too soft in the middle. Middle collapses, so the other team scores through the edges. At least this time, the middle was strong. They found a new way to lose, and that's and that's a good thing. But let's let's ask Ricky what he thought of the loss. Welcome. Thinking 40 with the game's greatest thinker, Ricky Smart. Uh, it's, it's an error. We, we make errors. You know, if you, you want to jump onto every error we've made, you know, no one would have a job. So, you know, I suppose fortunately we didn't win. So, you know, it's, it saves a few blokes, myself included. It, him and the, uh, the grounds manager, me, saves us a bit of skin, I suppose. But again, it's an error. It's not the last one I'll make. Thinking 40 with the game's greatest thinker, Ricky Stewart. Has anyone ever thought they'd ever hear Ricky Stewart say, thankfully, we didn't win? He's the man that said winning one out of three at Origin was good enough, of course. He is. And uh, you're referring to the illegal use of Xavier Clark, if I remember his name. Is that right? Uh Xavier Savage. Xavier Savage but, but as the, the 18th person. To use the, to use the proper name, it's Egg Xavier. Egg Xavier like Egg. Savage. Which, it, which is ridiculous. The name has always been Xavier. It's X, like a hybrid it, X-Men character between uh, Professor X and Vandal Savage. Yeah, but, anyway. but, but it's, 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 Z, it's Xavier. It comes from Greek. It's not, it's not Egg Xavier. There's no eggs in it. But anyway... Uh, I think it was an NFL player in the 90s who started calling himself Xavier because he Oh, you're thinking of Xavier McDaniel who yeah. played NBA for the Seattle NBA, Supersonics. NBA, yeah, he couldn't deal with it. Anyway, but that wasn't what Ricky was talking about. No. The mistake, yes, they, they, there was an 18th man mess up and, you know, they probably would have lost points to that. The mistake he was talking about was choosing to wear the controversial away strip. Oh, yes. Now, this was, you know, in the, in the ABC call, Andrew Moore three times... Because he's, he calls exactly what he sees and he calls it fast and it's a reflex and he called them warriors three times because <laughs> they were grey. That a lot of people in Canberra say it looks like a Brumby, it looks like a dirty Brumbies jersey and nobody wants that. Very controversial. So originally there's the jerseys they had, there was the, the home jersey which is lime green with the blue shoulders. And then this is the away strip, which is grey with the same blue shoulders. Yeah, I went for the word cobalt, not really knowing what cobalt is as a colour, but am I fairly close? Uh, it's a bluer thing. This is just straight up grey. You probably had, Rupert's probably tricked up the colour on your TV to make yeah, it right. look like it's cobalt. Right. But this was, uh, it's just, it's grey and it looks like the Warriors. There's a tiny, there's a thin line green line, which is kind of like their defence at the moment, um, across between the blue and the, and the grey. But in the pre-season, then there was the, they made the retro jersey, the lime green with the original Canberra Milk logo like the 94. They started using that as the home jersey and what was supposed to be the home jersey as the away jersey and the fans were happy. So they thought they'd change up and use the grey jersey and they lost. Yeah, it cost you the game. It cost us the game. It was a, it was, I'm, I'm hoping they don't make them, that mistake again. You can't sing with a bad and mean green machine when you were in grey. With a, I don't know, bad and I don't know what. What rhymes with grey that's appropriate to say as an insult? Well, in uh, the Raiders' case, prey. We're, we're hopeless prey. That's right, EY. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, however, let's get off my misery and onto yours. The Sunshine Coast, there was no sunshine and they were gone. 
You know, we don't want to be accused of focusing or dwelling on our teams, but we seem to be very much constructing the narrative, as they say. And let's face it, the Tigers look like the Southport Tigers up there on Sunshine Coast Stadium on Did Saturday night. Did anyone think to say that Southport Tigers probably would have done better? Well, yeah. You could probably put the Richmond Tigers in there and they might have done better. But, um, by the way, that cowbell was there again. Do you reckon that's how a, does it get there? Does it is it domestic or imported? I mean, how who is that? I mean, I would like to meet that person because we'll they have been get going them on the show. at Olympic Stadium since day dot nineteen ninety eight or whatever it was. We need to get them on the show. Uh, but there it was, and uh, it's it's all been well documented, you know. And of course, there was a non revealing after interview with James Talmo immediately thereafter on Fox, where he said that there are underlying issues. And boy, oh boy, did Braith and Mick Ennis, get, well, he's admitted there are underlying issues. And, <laughs> and, and they kept repeating this and putting it as captions. And I think he was just saying, we've got defensive problems. I think I don't think he was saying there was some sort of Machiavellian machinations going on in the boardroom or whatever. He just well, goes, wasn't he? Because tell me about um, the game's greatest thinker, Timothy Sheens, yes. who taught the game's greatest thinker to think. Yes. Uh, is, is he? Is there some talk about him coming back in an overseeing role? No, that's already that... cemented in. He's coming back. He's, as he, when's the, he coming back? The overseer. Oh, soon. A couple right. of months. July. It's not quite here yet. Got a few oh, things. So, this is, so it's after the June thirty deadline. Yeah, he's on his way. You know, he's got probably got a quarantine and all that sort of thing. Mm. And uh, and and James said there might have been a few harsh words exchanged amongst teammates. When you're down by sixty, that's probably inevitable. Like, can you just tackle the guy? But uh, probably the 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 emphasis in the game was. Very much put when Coach Maguire basically said something to the players at halftime, but thought he didn't say others. Sorry, to the press said he didn't say anything at all. From what you said, I think you gave him a bit of a bake at halftime by the look of it. From what, what, what I can see, um... actually, no, I didn't say anything at halftime. Did you? No. What? Not at all. Nothing. No. I didn't say anything at halftime. I know what we need to do. So they're men and. Yeah, they, they spoke about it themselves. It's a really emerging theme in rugby league about being men, hmm. presumably in the men's game. And what Madge was doing was the old, uh, you know, it's, it's been done many, many times in many, many contexts. Like, you know, we're down 40 blot. There's actually nothing strategic can be said. You guys got to solve it yourself. And Tarmow said that some of the young guys spoke up and then Mick Ennis and Bray said, well, that's the problem. The, 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 the young guys are speaking up. What about the senior guys? Then they went into a long debate about who the senior guys are. They couldn't come up with much. Or is this, is this something about a bit of NRL marketing and placement that they're going to call it soon NRLM? Yes. To go next to the NRLW. That's right, to make it that clear. Because that will be, it will be clear, and they are the same. We're watching the men's game. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't forget, this is the men's game. So it's not actually a gender-specific. It's not, it's not a put-down. It's, it's saying we're, we're playing the men's game. I don't know what difference that makes. The interesting thing for Madge, who will now form a stronger bond, sort of like a triumvirate with Lee Hatchipatelis and uh, Tim Sheens and lead us to the promised land, I don't know, i.e. the eight in the next 10 years. Uh, he's apparently reading James Phelps, who, amongst other things, is a <laughs> sports writer for The Astonisher. His book, The Inside Man. There's that Ooh. man theme again. Uh, I, I went into the HarperCollins summary, and this is what The Inside Man is about. Riley Jack's convicted murderer. Once a promising engineer in the army, he lost everything in a Riley single Jacks, night. Riley Jack's, he didn't play half for the Broncos. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> the Storms, wasn't he? Storms, yeah. Uh, he lost everything in a single night when he killed a man, an act he cannot remember, as opposed to Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a devastating gap in otherwise perfect memory. He's now behind bars. Meanwhile, a series of deadly bombings are occurring in the outside world, and the only man who might be able to find the truth behind the conspiracy 
is on the inside, i.e. Riley Jacks, i.e. Madge Maguire. Mm. So right now I think Madge sees himself as someone trapped in a prison uh, and is trying to prevent the terrorism occurring outside, specifically in areas like Leichhardt, Concord, Campbelltown and Bankwest Stadium. Well, look, speaking about memories disappearing, I want to obviously get away from rugby league because it's a pretty dark and dismal place at the moment. You might recall recently went to Coffs Harbour. Yes. And uh, I was up there with the ABC for the fantastic game between the Sharks and the Titans. What a high-quality game of football that was. <laughs> um, anyway, it's up there with Luke Lewis. And Luke Lewis walked into Coffs Harbour International Stadium and said, Oh, I've scored a try here. And people are, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, And he started talking about this try he scored. Thing is, when we searched the, the historical record, he played there in a city-country game. But he didn't score a try. Right. He played up there. Now, he may have played up there in State of Origin camps, but he didn't score a try. And this was, you know, a great deal was made of this. But Louis is a very honest person. He doesn't make stuff up. Well, actually, he does. But when he's talking about footy, he doesn't make stuff up. And I was, I was really taken by this idea that he scored this try. So I started asking around. And after the game, I went to a couple of different pubs. And thought, was it the Coffs Harbour Hotel in a dark corner sitting there going, I've got no information about this. A gentleman shuffled up to me, a very bedraggled-looking gentleman. It wasn't Willie Nelson, was it? Looked a lot like him. And he, he said to me, You're asking about the Luke Lewis try. Oh, it's Des Hasler. It's Des Hasler. He walked up and he said, I said, Well, yeah, I don't. And he said, I was there. I saw it. I was like, Really? What happened? He said, Look, I, I, I'll tell you one. No, I won't do the voice. He said, If you buy me a JD, neat, I'll tell you the story. So I went and bought a JD. And I bought myself one. I sat and I drank this JD looking at this grizzled old man. And he told me this story, which was, it, it, I don't know whether it was the JD itself, but I was taken there and I, I, I kind of can't repeat the story. So what I've done, he said, I've written a song about it. Selected at number four for city in another city country game. He was in his hotel after training, looking in the mirror, and he was looking hot. Then the devil burst into his hotel room and said, Louie, let me tell you what. I bet you didn't know we got a footy team in hell. I've smelled your sulfur, I've seen your pranks, I think you'd fit in well. So let's us have a bet, my groover. If you lose your soul, I'll keep. But I'll promise you another premiership if you can score a try against me. Louis said, Oh, spot on, Alfred, but I don't like your attitude, but I'll take your bet you're gonna regret, cause I reckon you're cracking them, proof. Louis, go stretch out your calves and get your shoulders strapped. The devil's in Coffs Harbour to make a Faustian pact. And if you win, you get another friendship ring made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. Shane Hayne, the full-time whistle blew. Then the supernatural third half began. The devil said, now it's me and you. Louis started on his 35-meter line. Then the devil cast a spell. And he turned all those good country boys into demons from the depths of hell. Louis takes the ball on the 35-meter line. He runs, he steps, he beats one, he beats two, but there's demons coming from everywhere. He's looking sharp, he's front loading his energy. He beats five, he beats another. There's only one to go. He's at the last line of defense. This is it. So the devil was 
across the last line of defense. What the devil didn't know was in the dressing room before the game, Louis had hacked his phone. So the devil's phone began to ring. It was the angel Gabriel. He said, Devil, why'd you text everyone? What's doing down in hell? With the devil thus distracted, Louis dived from the 11 meter line. And everyone who saw it said it was the world's greatest ever try. Louis scored the greatest try the world has ever seen. But Ralph won't find it in the history books because the devils wiped them clean. So Louis won his second premiership in 2016 and saved his soul. And the devil's pocket's still full of sausage rolls. Now, it's time for the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. Well, for New South Wales, if I'm coaching them, I'm thinking, well, we need to win one of these first two. All right, that's, that's going to be vitally important. And that's the same in any series because you want to be in game three. And the sooner you can win one, if you lose the first one, well, you've still got to win game two to get into game three. If you lose them both, you're not in game three. If you win them both, well, they're not in game three. She's over, baby. And that was the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. Ah, oh, rugby league, you magnificent beast. What a timely reminder of how State of Origin works. It's a really important thing to remember that right now. Thanks for putting that in there. So my understanding pack. is with New South Wales ahead in the men's series 1-0, if New South Wales win on Sunday at Suncorp Stadium to give her its proper name... She's over, baby. Right. And if Queensland win, then they're both into game three, which is at least where you need to be in order to win a series, which I, my understanding is that you win the series if you win two games out of three. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. could be wrong. So you, you can afford to lose one right, and still win the series. So Queensland has lost one. Okay. But they can. So it's it's not over, baby. But if they do lose game two at Lang Park, right. it's over, baby. Okay, so, you, 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 you so we'll need to review this after Sunday's fixture. We'll probably have to replay that yeah, um, yeah, Life just, and Times just, of Gus again just in order to get a sense of where the series sits, depending on whether it's 2-0 or 1-0. Yeah, or 1-0. It's, it's very complicated maths, and it does take someone like Phil Gould to understand it and to explain it. And I'm hoping he explains it again in the in a preamble to the game because like I, like I've pretty much forgot. So what did he, what did he say again? I've pretty much lost. <laughs> well, it. Well, I think I think we need to go to Benny Elias again, who has said, of course, that New South Wales having won Origin one has got the job one third done. Yes, yes, which is at odds with the idea of the of it being two games is enough to win the series. Two games is enough to win the series because yeah. so so two thirds is a hundred percent according to Gus and according to the rules, two thirds is sufficient, whereas he's saying. Three thirds is a hundred percent. Let's but not, for, let's let's not make, forget, as we, as it was evidenced by the president, the presence as grating as it is for Corey Parker of Tom Travojevic and the Manly Ringer Seagulls on the weekend. Tom Travojevic, according to Betty, makes every Manly player ten percent better. Does it Therefore, apply to New South Wales? Uh, well, no, he's only talking about the domestic competition. Right. He hasn't commented yet because he's still working the maths out on Origin. He's still processing how many yeah. games New South Wales needs to win or Queensland needs to win to win the series. But he did say in relation to Manly. Tom made every player 10% better, therefore they're a 170% better team. 170%. Which, it's quite mathematical rugby league. Yeah, had it? it been 160%, you could say that that's like, well, maybe it's actually 150%. That'll be, that'll be the three games. 
I wonder what happens when you take a Dravojevic out of the equation so that when Tom comes in, is the assumption that Jake and Ben are playing and that's where the 10% comes, hence the 170%, or do we have to adjust for the Jake absence? And, And there's GST as well. I think the disturbing thing for New South Wales, well, I think, in fact, the the promising thing for New South Wales is the way I look at it, uh, the loss of Jake Trevojevic has absolutely no impact on the quality of New South Wales and their chances of winning. Can I suggest that if Corey Parker has the ear of anyone in the Queensland camp, could I recommend Tom Trevojevic doesn't run into the middle (laughs) on the first run of the game? Because he may well find himself with some less ribs. Another thing that Corey said was, Michael liked the hamstrings, hit him in in the... Hit the Carmichael in the Michael ribs. Right. It, he was very effusive about this. And they're saying that Origin's dead, which it kind of feels like it is to me. I mean, I'm, again, struggling to get excited about this Sunday's fixture. I'm probably more excited about the Friday standalone women's Origin fixture. Well, which is a very exciting fixture. Well, there's all sorts of things happening there. First of all, uh, the New South Wales Blues have renamed themselves the Sky Blues. Isn't that what the Waratahs call themselves? No, I think that's no, what Sydney FC Sydney is. Sydney FC call themselves a, that. Yeah, but they haven't patented, have they? No, they haven't. And, and, you know, so credit <laughs> to the New South Wales women's team led by the great Kezi Apson taking that over. Yeah. It also will be the first occasion an all-female on-field team will officiate a elite NRL, NRLW or origin fixture. Who's the third? So Belinda Sharp is refing the match. Sharpie's ref. And, the badge, the and case. It's sorry. actually not. It's the the sideline officials or touch judges to give them the old vernacular, Kaylee Beatty and Caroline Ong. Wow. Yeah. So where's the case? Because the case has had some injuries. Yeah, may may well not have been um, considered available. We do love the case. Yeah. So, oh, that- she was the first. She was the first to 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 pull out the flag and have the run. And in that wrestling sesh between the PWA female roster was the and case the West Tigers. No, no, no. Bovetti Welsh was. Right. Who's our club captain at the West Tigers and, of course, mm. is the New South Wales origin fullback and a delightful personality. And I certainly hope that uh, she has the uh, upper hand over Tamika Upton, who sort of gave us a little bit of trouble last year. Yeah, well, because the Queensland... T- I, I don't think I've played here the, the revised version of That's in Queensland because I put the microscope on the Queensland women's team. What, and what did you define? <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, we, we think, you know, that's in Queensland written about the, the men's team has something. They've got like they've got actual, you know, the captain of the Kiwi Ferns is playing for them. We've got the prop forward who grew up in Moss Vale and moved to Queensland and started playing league, league in Queensland at 21. It's not like she, and others who, you know, it's going to be great. Um, their training camp, they were training in... Uh, no, this is last year's game. Where did they play last year's game? They, it's Sunshine Coast Stadium. Sunshine so Coast. Back in, we've done two at North Sydney Oval. They, they had a training camp down in Wollongong. <laughs> One of the Queenslanders was like, yeah, it's great. It's like going home because, you know, I grew up in Moss Vale and I played all sorts of sports down in Wollongong. So you've got Moss Vale. One of the wingers, um, whose name has escaped me, she's from Warrigal in Victoria. So they actually have. The men's team has never had, the men's Queensland has never had an actual Victorian playing for them. They've had plenty of Storms players, but no actual Victorian. That wouldn't be Karina Brown by any chance. Karina Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And look, to be honest, I think. From Warrigal. What's Warrigal mean, Chris? uh, I have no idea. It means it's dingo. Right. Warrigal's a dingo. I think there's a Warrigal Avenue up around your way, Taramara, I think. Yeah, there is. And and, Uh, and you'd know it from. um, uh, Not. Is it Pub with No Beer? No, what's the other big Slim Dusty song? Warrigal. 
<laughs> oh, it's a lonesome away <laughs> from your kindred and all by the campfire at night where the war eagles call. But he changed it to Wild Dingoes because no one knew what war eagles was. Oh, I thought his other song was Duncan, but um, yeah, yeah, or the horse with no name. One of those two. Uh, <laughs> anyway, both very Welsh, by the way. I think she's Kiwi to begin with, and plays for the Jillaroo. So it's very, it's a, it's a very uh, open. International representative situation. So they're not as constrained leagues. by these by these geographers' lines. They no, don't no. care about them. They care about the state of mind. They don't see boundaries. That's no. exactly right. Not not big on geography. Now the <coughs> the crackdown. We had another weekend of crackdown, and obviously this there's terrible fears about the crackdown hitting Origin. It didn't really hit Origin that bad in in the first one. Just ask Cameron Murray who. <laughs> Didn't apparently get contacted in the head by Kyle Felt's shoulder. Yeah. Based on camera angles that apparently the bunker had that we didn't have because the ones that we had suggested he got in fair squash, uh, square flush on the melon. I have never searched this, but I know that last year Felix was doing a press conference each year, each Monday saying, going through things and, and quite often he'd say, yeah, yeah, we got that one wrong. And much like the game's greatest thinker said, people do make mistakes. So you kind of accept it when they say they got it wrong. Um, the two points weren't given to the team that went that got it wrong, whatever. But he used to. Did, did, I'm pretty sure they used to show camera angles. Say this is the angle we had. Why don't they do that more? Like, well, why, why why can the bunker not say, okay, we're making a decision on this camera angle. Press the communication button. Hey, Mr. NEP Director, we've used camera five. Have a look at that one. Why, why does that not happen? Because it is about perception and it's about theatre and it's about theatre of the mind. And you've got the public sitting there and they're trying to make themselves into the Wizard of Oz behind the glass. Take away the curtain and say, this is the camera angle we're looking at. Or we screwed up because on the weekend, I'm getting fired up. On the weekend, every video ref decision that was made the commentators went the other way. Now, the commentators get a certain view. The commentators are not video experts. But again, going back to Luke Lewis, who clearly has been touched, like he's beaten the devil. So he has, and, that, and, that, and the song said, that's how he won the premiership, the second premiership, because he made a pact with the devil. He sees things and he will normally say, no, no, that was knocked on. And he says way before the bunker does. He sees it live. His eyes are amazing. His calls on bunker calls are so accurate and so much faster he got every single one wrong. I've never seen it before. So I'm not saying the bunker are getting it wrong. I'm saying show us the angles. Look, I think the bunker's on drugs. That's about the only <laughs> explanation. And the match review committee tends to agree with that. So poor old Felix has that to- they're on drugs or yeah, that they're- That's right. He has to pitch cleanup. So the Reese Robson one in the Cowboys Sharks as the Cowboys were mounting a challenge down the back end of the game where essentially the collision with Aiden Tolman, Aiden Tolman was horizontal to the ground <laughs> about half a metre above- and uh, as this expression is getting a fair workout at the moment, what's he meant to do? Disappear. Well, yes, yes. That Felix conceded in that particular instance, and we refer to, of course, to Graham Annesley, that the bunkers got it wrong. The CSCUR Takiaho incident, incident with uh, poor old Nathan Cleary getting it in the melon yet again, and you know, or on the jaw, and it's quite a decent target. Uh, Ashley Klein in dialogue with the bunker said there were no mitigating circumstances. Right now, of course, it was it was like an ice rink out there. <laughs> it was pouring rain, and Cleary was uh, uh, had slid and slipped into the tackle. So, my view of the bunker is that they're just not very focused. Mm -hmm. They could be on the hooch, but they're certainly at least playing video games in there. And this is the problem: is that the amount of technology they spend in there, you know, north of two million dollars, they're kitted out with every popular console you could imagine. 
You got your Xbox, right. you got your PlayStation, you got your Nintendo Switch. There's probably a Wii in there. Yeah. You've you've got um, a Sega Mega Drive. There's a bit of you know vintage stuff going on. There are soft Nintendo DS. Yeah, there there are sort of old games put up on the on the interweb that oh, sort of deal, they're, and they're just distracted. So they're they're basically constantly oh what was that? And they're hitting the wrong button. They've got the Mac Two C with with Wolfenstein. Yeah, and like all public servants delivering administrative decisions, they just go doesn't matter. They can see us in court. I.e. the match review committee. So there needs yeah. to be a bit of cleanup being done there. And you know, you say that you're you're getting fired up about it, and and I'm I'm sort of post, like you're the post game, fired up. Yeah, the, the game is, is you're cooked. It, it, I came out on <laughs> record. Put a fork in him. He's done. I came out on record on the, in this very very loud clarion call that is the Fire Up podcast last year, and said that the Horseman is ruining the game. I said that basically on resumption day, 28th of May, not celebrated this year because of all the disasters yep. we've been going through. And people laughed at me and scoffed at me and said, no, no, he's our saviour. He's tantamount to a saint and he should be beatified in due course. Yep. Well, I look at the results. I look at the crackdown. I look at the fact that I'm enjoying the under-8s at Willoughby Park a lot more. <laughs> and and if, you, if, you, if you think that I've got the hubris to say, I told you so, you're bloody well right. I told you so. And what's finally done me yep. is that the horseman who's you know sits on top of this, and it was we well documented here. It was the Illuminati who brought him in, and then found they couldn't control him, which is a tale often told throughout history and mythology. Yep. Apparently, in recent days, he says we've eliminated thuggery, mm -hmm. and we're now bringing women back to the game. Well, I see no evidence of either of those things, <laughs> and I'm totally done. But I've got one more gripe, Dennis. If, Another gripe is this about the bunker, about the replays, about if, the what, exactly. What have you if got? we're going the bunker, we may as well go all in because okay. I've accused them of drug use, recreational gaming, and, and they've I, been doing it since 1908, according to Buzz. That's right. Well, no, he actually pointed out the bunker wasn't there in right. 1908. Uh, yeah, that was it. Yep. And look, I've gone to some of the rugby league historians. I know that uh, Riff and Pat, a big fan of the podcast Rugby League Digest, you've also consumed. Yep, yep, I believe yep, they're yep. working on it to try and establish if there was a bunker in 1908. And a lot the jury's of not in, but I can tell you this: this. And it's the only one way to describe it. I mean, Belinda Sharp, kudos to her. She's in Sharpie. doing the Origin game. But, I mean, she doesn't seem to be getting a run in the NRL right now. The boys club, that when they refer decisions to the bunker, Peter Goff, for example, who's a name that I'm just starting to get aware of now. Yep. He was doing the Sharks-Cowboys game. And seriously, what referee would make his fashion choices based on Barry Gomazol? That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> he's got a Gomazol grasshopper moustache going there. They're referring to the bunker and they're using nicknames, Dennis. The oh. familiarity, you know what familiarity breeds? Contempt! And algae. And the bunker and the rough, the referees have algae draped all over them right now with the shorty and the H, and I don't know who they're talking about. Well, we probably need to do a little dossier on this. We might speak to Reverend Pat about it. So shorty, Alan Shortle, H, Henry Perinara. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm trying. It's also an abbreviation for heroin, but that's just a coincidence. And for horse, I'm, I'm trying very hard to get the nickname Osher for Adam G because it really <laughs> that, fits. Well, that's it's, good. It's his brother, but they're they're not buying it. You remember um, the twelfth man? man it was, it was it, Richie introduced him as Adam V from Channel G. I thought that was very amusing. <laughs> you've got Andrew. Hop I should say Andrew G. You've got Hopper, uh, who is Christopher Sutton, right? Because his big brother, he he called himself Hopper because he couldn't say Christopher because his parents oh. didn't call him Chris; they called him Christopher. By the way, Jerry's it's been Hopper. kicked out of the Queensland advisory panel. No, no, actually, I think you find it's Bernie. <laughs> Bernie has been kicked out Come of the on, Queensland advisory panel. You can't make that joke. Jerry is actually the ref because of the concern that Jerry might be influenced by his brother being involved actively in the Queensland camp while still having official referee business. This what? whole. 
Talk about your Sopranos. This is <laughs> where Suttons. we have got to dig into. We'll start the with that Sopranos. home with the Suttons and just get into this murky mire that is just ruining the game. And I'm the last person who wants to cr- criticise our officials because it's a job that no one wants to do. Those poor kids out there copying the... No, there was absolutely... I have to say the parents were absolutely wonderful at the under-8s, Ruse yeah. versus Brothers. There was no untoward commentary from the sideline. But the guys at the big matches, they're copying from all sides. Well, they deserve it. Well, I've got to say, with the, with the Ask With Magpies, the volunteers, they've always got the sign-up saying, before you complain, have you volunteered yet? Well, and you, and you have no right. And if you want to complain, do it at the board meeting. Gee, That's when you do it, not at the day. Gee, I wonder if I can appropriate that to the current uh, debate amongst people who are not getting vaccinated. But I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get political exactly. about that. And the other thing they have is, um, remember, these are kids. It's about them, not you. This is not NRL. You, you, well, why can't they? In fact. Why can't they put up at the games? Because actually we need to protect the officials. They need to be yes. sacrosanct. They need to be encouraged. Can we put up signs at every NRL ground? <laughs> it's not about you. It's about them. Yep. This is the NRL. <laughs> that would work. Yeah, I think they should do that. Um, what else have we had this weekend? There's all, all sorts of other well, I mean, if, happened. We, if we're we've, thinking about up north. What else happened up north? Well, you know, there's been a huge announcement in relation. Oh, this is the poor old Broncos. They're falling apart. Yes. They're losing players and there's players. Someone quit this week. Someone said he's quitting this week. There's a June 30 deadline. There's a there's an exodus from the Broncos, but it's not just the Broncos. So this exodus of players, obviously we've had previously the halfback, the merry-go-round, and they've got Adam Reynolds. And it looks like he may well be the only player there next year. That's correct. So you're going to have Adam Reynolds being coached by a gentleman who says he's not the worst coach in the NRL. No, he says, I'm not the best coach in the NRL, but I'm Sorry, not the worst. He's not, he's not the worst coach. Well, he's, he's not the best. He's not the worst. Kevin Walters. But what other teams, Chris, have been, have, been, have been dragged down into the ravine with this train that's crashing and crashing and crashing? Well, obviously, the Broncos are just a train wreck or a blown up train, as you mentioned before. Well, the bridge is blown and they're plunging. Because um, of... Um, Tavita Pangai Jr. giving a very, very um, knowledgeable sideline interview after they got toweled up by the Bunnies 48-zip or whatever the score was to say apparently contracts aren't worth much anymore. It's yeah. a sad commentary on modern society. Very sad commentary. We've got Matt Lodge and there's all sorts of family connections going on between the O'Sullivans and the Lodges and you know the Warriors will be the new family club at the end of this <laughs> instead of the Bulldogs potentially heading over the Warriors for three and a half years. So they seem to be getting off the Kevy train who the actual direct quote is, I'm not the greatest coach in the NRL, but I'm not the worst, which does beg the question, who is? He's also the newest, isn't he? Uh, are there any other first-time coaches? This Well, there's no one at the Sharks right now, is there? You know, well, it's Josh Hannay, but he's not a first-time coach. No, the newest will be Craig Fitzgibbon. But, yep. uh, yeah, but who is the worst coach in the NRL is a whole discussion in itself. I think we might put that on social media. Who is the worst coach in the NRL? Yeah, are, this, we go, are we going history or are we going... Uh, no, right now. Right now? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, shout out to Adam O'Brien. But um, <laughs> just saying. But no, there's another team that's just suffered an absolutely cataclysmic announcement. Is this because players are going from there to the Broncos or from the Broncos this there? Is, is you know, this... this is Adam Reynolds' style actually going to the Broncos. There's actually really? someone leaving their team to go to the Broncos. It's not the Raiders. No, it's Ben Iken. Ben Iken. Can you believe? But Kenty. <laughs> He's cut adrift. Kenty's been cut loose. Iken's gone. By the way. 
You know what's happening at our Tarman this afternoon because we're recording on a Tuesday after the announcement came to the light yesterday. Well, it's not Teamless Tuesday because it's a buy weekend. There's about 15 courier companies driving up to the Artarman Fox Studios and just tipping CVs into the reception area saying, give me the gig. Have, is, will yours be in the... Which, which courier company did you choose, Chris? Well, no, as someone quite rightly pointed out on Twitter, to keep balance, it seems to be someone with the needs to be the gravitas and the insight of Ben Eichen, who's actually played the game. Right. Because the early mail is, oh, why not a Dan Ganane or a Lara Pitt or an Andrew Voss, all great figures in the game, but journos, that mm. the Kent Eichen magic was around a guy who played one game of first grade, kind of. Well, a few minutes. Yeah, and a guy who played 17 Origins and even two tests for Australia. Yeah, and, he- and had so many famous stories, like getting in the lift That's right. and, and being told, uh, yeah, sorry, champ, this isn't the, uh, this is the... Only the players on this on this area, if you can go downstairs and get the autographs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's hard to think who will replace Ben Eichen. And by the way, can you believe that show's been on for 10 years, NRL 360? Wow. That's what they're claiming. Uh, by the way, this does play into... It's probably actually only been on for two years, but it's like that temperature thing, you know. <laughs> 12 yeah. feels like minus five. Been no, on I two can, years feels no, like 10. No, I can exactly explain what Icon's role is, but again, it's that you know that very general Tim Sheen's like director of football operations type. Is this on 360? Yeah. Or, the or words on- pathways and recruitment come into it, but they can't quite specify what's doing. But the candidates, if you look at the Fox stable... Mm. In terms of who could move in, who's got the, no. the journalistic no, don't credibility. It. Don't say it. Don't say it. The Braithometer is no. in the red right now. No. There is, you, this now explains why Braith has recently been anchoring Saturday Night Football oh. on Sunday ticket shows. Put the house on it. The new co-host How of NRL 360. Braith and Asta? Yeah. Braith and Paddles dial it How up for us. How old Braith? I'll go 38. <laughs> Just off the top of my, a bit older, forty-two. Because around thirty-eight to forty-two, that's when your eyes start to go. You might need spectacles yeah, to mean, get a bit. You're talking about gravitas. I mean, your other, your other com- candidates would be Mick Innes, right? <laughs> and I mean, the obvious choice would be old Schnoz himself, uh, Cooper Cronk. But the <gasps> but the NRL three sixty is only a sixty-minute format, and you can't keep. Cooper's Co- got through three sentences. C- Cooper need a three-hour show, yeah, in my yeah. view. So yeah. So I think uh, the rugby league world will light up into light when the announcement that the new co-host of NRL 360 is Braith and Asta. Meanwhile, how... Uh... You have missed out one. Oh, yes, please. W- one of Fox's greatest new assets. Spud Carroll. <laughs> okay, you've missed out two. I was thinking about someone whose who's commentary goes to, oh, wow. Oh, no, Billy's on Channel 9. <laughs> oh, he is too. He's, he's no show. <laughs> I forget. But, but having Spud, said that... How good would it be to get Spud Carroll well, as the host... Well, I, I think they should just go all in. He certainly wouldn't take uh, a lot of Kenty's crap. He'd just be across the table swinging. I, I, I just think they should go all in and do what they do on 360 already and just get these ex-players in on a rotational basis with Kenny. So Monday night Spud, Tuesday night... Braith. No, Tooves. Tooves. Wednesday night Benny Elias. Oh, the maths. Th- th- that, that will rate through the roof, let me tell you. And yeah. it will keep Braith and Ennis and Cooper where they need to be on the Sunday ticket panel situation, yep. I think. Uh, by the way, how is the uh, mainstream rugby league me- media taking the Icon announcement? Well, I go to the graphic that was on Channel 9 the other day that simply said the Broncos are bucked. <laughs> right. They're Michael Lucked? Or they're, is that what they were going for? Yeah. <laughs> Now, there was, of course, back up north, there was a terrible, terrible thing. There's that shameful, disgraceful, gutter-moraled club in the eastern suburbs at the moment. And they're full of, like, always bad boys, 
out, you know, out in the cross, grabbing women's bottoms inappropriately, out, out weeing in mouths. Okay, that wasn't that wasn't actually them, but that he played for them. There's well, all yeah. sorts of appalling behaviour. What have we had? Have you got a list there? Well, first of all, again, you're referencing the Boyd Cordner farewell press conference, right? <laughs> Where the Roosters alumni, because you're referring, of course, to the Sydney Roosters, and there are the Sydney Roosters or your East fan. There's nothing more. It's sad that the Eastern Suburbs Roosters have gone, isn't it? They've gone by the wayside like the Bears, like like the Glebe Dirty Reds. Like the- There's nothing more pathetic than going out to the Sydney Cricket Ground to watch Rugby League Fact, but also to go out and hear the Easts chant. I mean, it should be Sydney. They are Sydney. Accept it. Live it. Own it. The only thing I will say about that, about that Easts chant. Easts. <laughs> Easts. Like, it, it's, it's, it's actually something. Whereas in Parramatta, para is fake. It's through the PA yeah, system. You, you, it's Dennis, fake. Dennis, don't it's get onto this again. Fake! Don't get onto this again. Ca- I- it's... I, I'm going to write to the ABC and say you shouldn't do the sound at Western Sydney Rectangular <laughs> Stadium because it's not good for your health. Now, and, and of course, at the Boyd Cordner tearful press conference, magnificent event, what a great man, what a great contribution to the game he made. But the Roosters alumni that turned up, they're all bad boys. Freddie Fittler, yeah. as we know, drunk outside a police station. Yep. You've already mentioned Todd Carney. Uh, who else was there that's a Roosters bad boy? Well, obviously the halfback for the Newcastle Knights. Mitchell Pearce. Currently, he's, he was very bad boy. All sorts of naughty, issues. Naughty both, boy. Both at Roosters and with the Newcastle Knights. Fergo had a bit of naughtiness when he was there. And then, of course, Cooper Cronk. Well, so the, the worst of the They lot. are the bad boy club. Yeah. and But, but again, we hear uh, all sorts of stuff about the Roosters way and what have you. Well, the Roosters way translated to Victor Radley getting hammered and getting on an aeroplane and getting tossed for laughing too loud. Now, Ray Hadley had the correct advice to the young man, and that's stay off the drink. Mm. But um, Supercoach Robbo, who was described as intellectual by Malcolm Knox on the weekend, which got all my Roosters fans up in arms again because they regard this as an enormous insult directed at Robbo (laughs) to be described as an intellectual go figure. But uh, Robbo had some very pointed words for Victor. How hard is it to get on a flight and, and get home? Act like a man in public and, and, and behave yourself. It's pretty simple. So is that a suggestion that women get on flights and get on the piss and loud to, and laugh too loud? Is that what Robbo's saying? Because he's saying act like a man, implying that he was doing something unmanly. Is this a trans... Do transgender people get on the flights, get on the drink and laugh loudly? I haven't noticed this before. It's a rapidly changing world, Dennis, and you and I are both dinosaurs, and it's hard to chart what's going on but there's certainly something about manhood going on here mm. in rugby league because you know we've heard it previously with Madge he's reading the inside man yeah. he said that the Tigers could figure it out they're, they're men, men. Mm. well they don't seem to be figuring it out and perhaps they're not no and um, Victor who by the way was described as one of the 25 best looking men in rugby league yeah, can you talk me through that well I, I just simply want to say um, actually the best 20 that it seems to me very quickly that the News Limited Astonisher poll identified in terms of the best-looking men in rugby league, the top 20, and Joey Manu, you know, kudos to him, the best-looking of the lot. Cleary was in the top five, I think. No, he wasn't in the top five. He was in the top 20. And I think Cleary, to me, that sort of surprised me. Uh, yeah, see, look, they were probably, they've probably gone to one of their, their, their fashionistas to give that. And if you look at the, the catwalks in Milan, it's not traditionally beautiful people that go on there. It's people with odd features. That's what they're like, something odd yeah. and angular. And 
if you talk about odd and angular, that chin yes, certainly like, fits in there. Like Scotty Pippa from the Chicago Bulls looks like a Picasso painting. <laughs> and it was interesting that Cleary was included because as someone described at Origin 1, it looked like he needed a transfusion. And as I said, he also needs a dermatologist. But it ended up that the, in terms of the 20 best looking men in league, four roosters, three storms, two panthers, two eels, two rabbits. And then Reese Walsh kind of distorted it because two warriors got in there. But basically, the best looking players also play for the top five teams. So all these recruitment issues about foot speed and you know has an offload in him and has a big engine, they've got to go out the window. What New Zealand has established is the most important factor in rugby league is looks. Well, how many of these good-looking players were forwards? Not many. Uh, what, the, the- you, you top five very quickly. We had uh, Reese Walsh, Jerome Luai, uh, Ruben Garrick and Ryan Pappenhauser Ruben making Garrick. out the top five. Uh, we had Madison as a forward, Crichton as a forward, Tino was in there, Harry Grant was in there, uh, Tarek Sims, yep, wow. uh, and Victor and Tom Berger. So we had seven forwards out of the top twenty. So that's that's a reasonable distribution. Because the the male model from Maruya, Michael Wayman, yes. Um, his, it was they built his, a statue to him. Somewhere, they built they? a statue to him, uh, not at Ack Wayman Oval, his dad's Oval, but he did. It was his favourite line was, "Why are wingers so pretty? Because <laughs> they get tackled by wingers." That was him, and I think he would be with Corey Parker. Say, bring those wingers into the middle, and we'll show them what they've got. So, if we contributed something to our teams, it's recruit better-looking players. Mm. But I've thought that Victor's inclusion was slightly odd. And in fact, I thought I thought that Victor's personality and what got him kicked off the plane was really well captured in this tune. I was walking down the high street when I heard footsteps behind me. Well, I trust any wider. Yeah, well. It's so important with regards that you're right. I got the wrong, yes. the wrong game. Call you five today? No. I'll call you five today, Um, I have no intelligence. That's what I'm suggesting. Hello, welcome to Media Watch. I am Pat Mulhern. Wow, Pat Mulhern, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm very good. What do you got for us? Very good. I, so, I, I, what was that? Pat what? Mulhern. Oh, is that your last name? Yeah. I, I thought it was Redfern Pat. I've always oh. just known you as Redfern Pat. And, oh, yeah. And I thought Redfern's an unusual first name, but <laughs> kind of catchy. <laughs> so, we've been over this a lot. Phil Gould, you know, his recollection of the Panthers yep. winning the grand final last year. Mm-hmm. Said at halftime, he thought the Panthers were on top, even though they were down 20 points. He since said they would have won if not for the video referee, if not for the scoreboard, blah, 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 blah. And he's doubled down. You know, and Nathan Cleary would be a perfect example, leading the Dally M. He's the origin halfback and he's 
teams leading the competition. Absolutely. So, we'll just drop back to second, but they're leading the competition. <laughs> 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 still leading the competition. <laughs> in the in the serious news we, on the 360, which has pretty much been the template of our show. I know. I mean, it's such a rich resource for us. What's your take on this, Pat, with the loss of Icon? What do you think it's going to do to the show? Well, let's... Okay, Pat hasn't played NRL. He does have spectacles. Yeah. Have you put your CV in? Uh, I'm done with 360. Is that right? I think, the, Ben, in all seriousness, Ben Icon was the only... And Lara is like yeah. the only and friend of the show Paul Kent, and and friend of the show Spud and friend of the show <laughs> James Hooper. Uh yeah. Without Ben Iken, I think it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be very tough to watch. I, I, I'd say that you and Kent would have a different sort of chemistry. That would yeah. be. But I mean, I think that uh, Steve Crawley and the good people at Fox Sports are crazy not to give it a go. Mm. Yeah, you got my vote. Yeah. Well, we have done a deep dive onto most of the contenders to fill Ben Iken's spot. Mm-hmm. We've never really touched on Dan Ganane. No. Um, so if, if Dennis, you wouldn't be too familiar with Dan Ganane's work on Fox things as you watch the games live. I, I only watch Fox replays of Raiders win. So this year yeah. I haven't... Uh, <laughs> it's been pretty quiet. <laughs> I've seen a couple of games. That's about it. Well, let's have a look at what Dan Ganane's got. Down the middle he goes. Oh, good boy. Hello. Good boy. You know, the funny thing about all that is that, because uh, I've actually met Dan personally uh, in my very brief time at Triple M, which nobody remembers, and w- <laughs> when when he would leave the office building, he'd just go au revoir. Now, so he's obviously a big Jackson 5 fan or Gloria Gaynor fan. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's not, I should say. He's the exact opposite because they never can say goodbye. Whereas he wasn't clearly that, wasn't that Thelma Houston? It was Gloria Gaynor, but also, it was written by the Jacksons. Right? Did Thelma Houston cover it as well? Uh, uh, probably. And and is Isaac it... Hayes did it as well. The Communards did it. I never can say it... goodbye. Well, the... yes, with the Communards with uh, 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 from from Bronsky beat. Yeah, that yeah. boy that's, oh, that's saying with the high voice. Gosh, I, and I have such an. I always have this anecdote. Uh, you even look like him, Chris. Uh, you I even look like him. I don't... <laughs> Well, you've got his haircut. You've been so inspired by him. I'll have to look it up and come back with an anecdote in a moment. But, I mean, if anyone from IP, i.e. Intellectual Property Australia, is listening to the show, is it possible for commentators to patent, let alone trademark, phrases? Because in the same way that Ghanaian has seen to take an ownership of goodbye, you work with Andrew Moore, who's Mm. well known for, at the time where he believes the game is settled, yelling out game, set, bingo, correct? Yeah, now he's made he's made that one up himself. He's Jimmy made Somerville, own. for God's sake. Jimmy thank Somerville, you. yes. Um, his other one is strikes it, likes it. Right. And he gets very offended when other people say, he strikes it, he likes it. They get very up, he gets very upset with it. I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, but the great Los Angeles Lakers basketball commentator, Chick Hearn, uh, who lived to a ripe old age and is no longer with us and used to call the games live from the, the Greater Western Forum and venues of the like, he would go when he felt the game was over. He says, "The fridge door is closed, the light is off, the eggs are chilling, the butter is hard, and the jellos are jiggling. This one is over." Something like that. It was wow. beautiful. A little bit more complicated than game set bingo. Well, the Dagonade's evolution now. So he says that every game, his evolution now is that. So he says in other ways. So it would just be like, "And goodbye, 
And, and you know... So he's finding different ways to say it. different ways to say And sometimes it sounds a bit laboured. It reminds me of the 12th man when... Um, this, when uh, we can't say straight out of the meat of the bat. And he just says, oh, straight out of the vegetable of the bat. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, once did a cross to Dan after the city country game on the Sunday and we tried to maintain the pretense that it actually was at the game. And he goes, look, fellas, I'm just sitting in Moore Park Road. Right, I just call it off, off tube. As off like tube. To... Yeah. And as a parting um, thought about Ben Iken. Mm-hmm. I didn't find this in the uh, Fire Up database from several years ago. Craig Fitzgibbon uh, was in the mix with Todd Payton to get the head job. <laughs> Disgusting. Well, yeah, there's mistakes. There's no way time. around it. <laughs> By the way, that was quoted in the media today. <laughs> That, that disgusting quote yeah. was his take on the Broncos, Broncos roster. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine his first meeting? He gets all the boys. <laughs> you got Kevy there, Dave Donahue, and he goes, Ben, I kind of have been on NRL 360 for the last 10 years, which means none of you guys know who I am because I know you don't watch television, but I've had a look at you and you are disgusting. And I think wow. that was 219 as well that he said that. Yeah, this was – no, this I think it was last year because he was um, starting to – uh, manoeuvre himself into the potential to get Donahue's job, which he didn't get, which was CEO. Oh, yeah. Do you know who could do it? This is a left field one, but obviously you need gravitas, you need spectacles, you need to have played the game. Greg Alexander. Brandy. He'd actually do a really good job. Well, he's also. He's, done, a- he's got plenty of experience as a journalist. He's done the show with Gibbsy on 2UE for many, many years. He'd actually he'd be great. He's not that busy. Origins only, they play three games a year. So That's he's, it. he's got time, he's authoritative. They yeah. say that team coaches itself as well. Yeah, that's so true. It's not like he's well, going over and like, and if There is Freddie as well. He can he can sort of lean on Freddie to coach and, the team. And like I can, he's got good hair. He's got good hair. He's he's a very good looking. Like he'd he'd make that list. No, this is. You might have the wrong eyes for it. Women loved it at the time. They loved him. We get text messages. But, when, but by at the time, you're referring to the late eighties, right? They, they still have it. Really? There was a wonderful moment. The ABC were on air in Newcastle and they've been playing the alphabet game where you have to, you know, each week of the round, there's 26 weeks, 26 letters in the alphabet. And the first week was the letter A and you'd name the best player of that letter and they'd make a team of the A's, team of the B's. This weekend was O's, which is a bit of a challenge. Obviously, Matt Orford. <laughs> um, but Greg Alexander made it. And Brandy was listening on the way in. And so this woman has rang up and gone, wanted to say Brandy Alexander. And also, she put in the text, you know, she, he's the best looking man. I, he's why I follow rugby league and he's still gorgeous. Wow. So we've got Brandy in and she's talking, saying, oh, no, Brandy. And Andrew's like, oh, well, we happen to have Brandy here. And she's like, and he's just gone, you know, I, I can't argue with anything you're saying. I can't argue with it. You're exactly you're factually correct. Best looking player that ever. So you make the Daily Telegraph list, Brandy. I don't know why he didn't. They should do now that all time. current players. All time. They should do all time. Brandy be in there. Now look, I don't want to make this all about me like a rugby league parent, but uh, <laughs> one of my uh, slightly uncomfortable interview moments was if you remember at the first year, which I guess is 2019, of the Cleary appointment of Penrith after he dudded the Tigers. Us. Remember how Penrith had that. Uh, awful start early on in yeah, that year, yep, yep, right? Yep, yep. And then the losing streak was broken with a from the sideline conversion by Nathan to beat the Tigers by a point nine to eight or something in a really really dud affair. Yeah. And it was clear that even though Penrith had got the win, they weren't playing very well. And Nathan gave an interview after the game saying, "Look, you know, we haven't been getting the results, and I'm the halfback. I've got to cop that on the chin." <laughs> and, and, <laughs> 
And, and I said to Brandy, I said, and it's a fair chin to take a cop on, isn't it, Brandy? And he goes, well, yeah, very good. And so he's clearly unhappy with me. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was that was the other really uncomfortable moment we had. We were interviewing Blocker Roach, and there'd been a uh, there'd been a fundraiser during the week of during Origin, and Brocker apparently got up on stage and said that the Queensland pack was soft, right? And and the usual then I'd taken that and pinned it up on the dressing room yep. wall, and he was clearly chastised by the New South Wales organisation. And we sort of said, Blocker, you said the Queensland pack soft. What's wrong with him? He goes, Well, you can say what you like. I never said that. Blah blah blah. Okay, Blocker, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got, Pat? New Janet Jackson album coming out this oh, year. You heard uh, it here first. It'll be the usual. <laughs> it'll be the usual phalanx of producers. And phalanx. as news comes to hand, I'll break it down. There's a lot of great artists promising music in the back half of this year, but none more exciting than Janet. Wow, brilliant! So we have a new safe space for for people where we want to get discussion going. Um, sometimes just through the channels, we might um, miss some stuff. So it's, I think it's a bit better to have. A group where we can get a bit of banter going. Uh-huh. So I've gone that far up. I'm blowing up Deluxe um, for people to join. This is not a joke, Dennis. This is... It's a Facebook this group, is Dennis. House, you should this join. And, and I guess so what we're Facebook. hoping for is that uh, in a typical Facebook environment, we post material which people react to, but we'd like to get a conversation going that uh, isn't just, you know, back and forth, but is a community. Yeah. Wow. And we love, uh, as as everyone says, please share um, the link to the episode, do reviews on iTunes. But to encourage uh, your friends, if you like the show, and even if you hate it. And enemies, encourage your enemies. That's right. Let's face it, many people do. They stop me in the street and say, for God's sake, what happened to Ferris? Where's <laughs> Cal? Can you guys just pack it in? Though we like Redfern Pat. Though they're probably now horrified to learn his name is Pat Mulhern. That's going to confuse them. They also they stopped me in the street and say, what's happened to Brent Oden? That's, that's right. I used to, Oden was quality. Trust me, I know I'm the Brian Johnson of this show. No no problems about that. But they're stopping uh, in the street and say, like Lucy Smith on Before Fire Up. That's right. Yeah, what happened yeah. to her? Yeah. What, what was it called? Get Up or whatever that show was called. What was that, the name of that show? The morning show? The breakfast show? Up for, show? It. Up up for it. it. Yeah, yeah. Up for it. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I'm no longer up for it listening to this they... podcast. But we need more listeners. We'd love you to get the discussion going on Blowing Up Deluxe and uh, encourage people to listen, subscribe, review, and be part of it. And uh, as as you said about um, us generating the discussion, we're not good at that. They're a lot better, as we'll dive yes. into now. We asked what... What songs need to be retired from the game day experience on the back of um, of Dennis's rant last week? Little little rant. Little rant, yeah. Um, so we had uh, Adam said we have a certain DJ in, in our circles who plays the same songs a lot. And I believe he was talking about you, Chris, and your no, Kylie sure, sure, Minogue. I'm sure he's referring to Ferris. You don't think it's you and your Kylie? Not at all. I think he's referring to Ferris's game day entertainment. You didn't see him at uh, Lord Roberts at any point? No, no. Taking your sets? No, no, I don't think so. And and look, I just want to say in response to that, if it's me, get stuffed. Um, But but if you're referring to Ferris, sure, he goes through the well uh, in the... Written in the Stone, for example, uh, the instrumental intro by Earth, Wind & Fire is one of his current favourites, and they absolutely deliver the goods. There's nothing wrong with playing songs if they work. I think what we're concerned about are with songs that don't work and never have worked and should go, i.e., we mentioned Sweet Caroline. Don't start. And then apparently, start. then apparently another boxer in the undercard of the Hooney Gallon Stouch walked into horses. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. Um, Arthur says, I the Tiger. 
Clearly, clearly the Tigers can't see the ball yeah. the opposition, but that West Tigers theme song, the Eye of the Tiger, West Tigers one, that is that is rancid. He can go. So that's Survivor, of course. And uh, how they get the how they did Survivor record the revised oh, the, edition? No, I just think they've just is there a revised. I haven't they even just, noticed. They've just, well, they've just ripped it and put the West Tigers yeah. chant over the top of it. No, yeah. it's, it's they're the West Tigers. It's the thrill. Oh, of the fight. It's obviously been re-recorded. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I actually have on audio cassette. From the two years where, and I accepted that we were the Sydney Tigers, not the Balmain Tigers, 96, 97, played out of Parramatta Stadium. Uh, I have the, and we had those sort of hoop jerseys, which included a nice little bit of purple in them. I have the cassette of the theme song, which was Stripes Across My Heart. Oh, beautiful. You know, with your Show Your Stripes uh, scarf campaign this season, there's no reason they couldn't revive that. Here it goes. Okay, the guitar sounds quite different. Oh, it's Dino Hellertown. That's beautiful. Just keep that going on in the background while we're when talking. When we get to the chorus, you'll... Um... <laughs> just, keep, just keep going in the background. That's perfect. It's like Peter Northcott in guitar. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, Doug Parkinson. <laughs> is this Steve Balby, maybe? Could be. Could be Steve Balby. Could be. Uh, we'll I'm not sure about the synth in there. We're going to go... Anyway, we need to get to the chorus because they have re- redone it and it's just... It is baffling. Wow. No, not yet. While, while waiting, friend of the show, Ed Smith, says that the uh, Dragon Sharks game that he was at, they were playing mid-2000s emo punk. Something punk over. Oh, this is... Oh, I'm getting fired up. And the voice is awesome. Well, they're the West Tigers. It's a thrill of the fight. What's that? There were just images on YouTube that just went from Bronson Harrison, who also played for the Raiders, oh, to yeah. your mate Dean Hallettel. Heady sure. days. Heady wow. days. What else, Pat? Uh, John Doherty uh, wants ACDC to be retired. Really? Um, maybe an ACDC fan. Uh, and he wants to clear it of rugby league. Up. Yeah. You ever hear uh, Sit Next to Me Girl? Come and sit next to me, girl. The... Can I sit next to Can you, you girl? Can I sit next to you girl, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I recall that being on Countdown with the original singer and then Bond did it as well when, when he joined the band. I'd hate to think that they could no longer play any of the tracks off Ball Breaker. I mean, you know, the Rick Rubin <sighs> album, that'd be a shame. But in, in that, uh, on their first appearance of Bon Scott on Countdown, he's dressed as a schoolgirl. Yeah, that was a cover of Baby, Please Don't Go. Yes, it, yes. Hey, look, I remember watching that as a very young person and going, okay, this is opening up, up, opening up my horizons. Yes. And he's very. Th- I, I did have one of my road trips. I've been listening. I've been Spotifying and just listening to whole catalogs of bands. You know, Rush. I felt I, I hadn't listened to enough Rush. Did that. Boy, that's a lot of fun. Um, yes, went back in there. Rick Wakeman. I did an ACDC trip out to Dubbo and just put it on from the start. And I was just sh- balls. <laughs> We've got big balls. It just cracked me up. And the the, the delivery of him. On that, of Bon Scott. I'm Sorry. conscious of the time, but we had yeah, like, some friends over to watch uh, Battle Cry, which was a live concert DVD or Blu-ray, actually, of Judas Priest Ooh. off their 90, sorry, 2015 Firepower or something like that tour. But uh, one of the people there, Ariane, said, let's dial up on YouTube, Except, which is a German metal band with their terrific opus, Balls to the Wall. Oh, yes. Absolutely do yourself a favour and have a listen to I that. Think my next one, the next recommendation I've had is Dream Theatre. 
Oh, well, I'm into Dream Theater. I need to get. I, 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 can, pretty, I, I can pretty much name all the members. Is anyone here surprised? No. <laughs> Jordan Rudess is Dream Theater's Rick Waitman equivalent. And I think that this could be part of what Icon will do is Bring revitalize the Broncos and change their theme tune to Balls to the Wall because that's what he's after. Or running out to prog rock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What, you, what else you got, Pat? Daniel Michael spotted an R. Kelly song during the Mounties Dragons game. That was the curtain opener to the... I'd agree with that. It's probably time to retire R. Kelly based on the probability of it. But it was also not Ignition, not I Believe I Can Fly. It's She's Got That Vibe, which I've never... I've been DJing R&B for a long time. I've never heard of that song. So Dennis, are you prepared to do the R. Kelly catalogue on the way out? To so, so it's been Wagga played Wagga. once and it's ready for retirement. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the Paul it's Kent, Paul Kent yeah. of songs. <laughs> <laughs> and then Greg Cross says, uh, Eagle Rock is ageless. As yes. is, as he is, would as a manly player. As is the great man, Greg Cross. Absolutely, yes. that's true. And that goes on to, we've been talking a lot about Benny Elias and his maths and his, his contribution to the fire up. Uh, lexicon talking about the the most event most watched event in the world is what's yep. been is what we've been talking about um, and Pure Blind asked if that was from the data <laughs> <laughs> three and a half million billion well no uh, someone called Pathetic on uh, posted is that more than the 300 million who watched last yes. year for the SBW comeback yeah according to the Bulldog Richie article yeah um, and that's 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 all I've got well, very briefly in Chris's correspondence, what's the last word in that thing? Corner. Thank you. Chris's correspondence Always corner. Always case. The KCC. Yeah. On that very same issue, Todd Slater, who's a very frequent contributor, said, what was Benny's asking price to buy the West Tigers? Tigers, he's the Christopher Scase of rugby league. And <laughs> he, he's also described Benny as the Rodan of ride. Uh, uh, Corey Lame said uh, he laughed out loud when he heard Benny Live about the fact that Origin is the three most watched shows. Benny in Live is he doing a speaking tour? That's right, the three most watched shows on Australian television, like, television if not, if not the world. And uh, Archie Keogh said, "Give Benny the title of the game's greatest thinker now." We, we might have a few, uh, might have a few contenders um, throughout the year. So we need to find out the greatest thinker and the worst coach. Greatest thinker, worst coach. I think could be the same. Jackie could be the same. Same, same character. <laughs> it could well be. But I think that's enough for the week, boys. We're going to wrap it up. You've been listening to Fire Up, and thank you on the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe, share, like, tell your friends to listen. Yes, Chris? There's always one last word. And the last word from Chris. Go the ruse. West Disgusting. Whoa.